welcome to Let's Talk It All. I'm Anvil. And I'm Jeff. And we're here to talk about it all tonight, as yeah. usual. Yes. As the name states. Lots Let's of stuff. talk it all. Lots of stuff. Lots of stuff going on right now in the news. Now that we're doing these programs almost live. <laughs> almost live. Almost live. Almost right. live versus where we're trying to do a couple weeks in advance, make sure we had the show's done. Uh, we are, you know, doing the week of the week of the broadcast, and uh, this broadcast is going to be at least in part dedicated to our veterans, the, the people who have yeah, Veteran uh, Day, Veterans put Day, put their lives on the line uh, so uh, we can enjoy the. Freedom. So Veterans Day is all the vets. Yes, current and past. And past. That's correct. Where Memorial Day is just the ones that have died. Right. Exactly. Even though I think it's. Find the hour. I think it's fine at any time. Yeah, all the anyone, time. Anyone yeah. done pets with a vet, you need to be thanking their ass. That's right. No matter what they did. So, Veterans Day is Saturday? Yes, I believe the 11th. Saturday the 11th. That makes sense to me. Yes. Well, <clears throat> it isn't, it is now. No, it is. It's, yeah, it's, it's, okay. Um, so, we're doing that. And uh, let me tell you, the month of November is going to be jam packed. For us, <laughs> yeah, we got uh, we got Veterans Day show coming up this this week. The one we're doing yeah. right now. Uh, next week, I think we're doing a special to Kennedy uh, because actually his assassination anniversary date is the twenty second, twenty third. Twenty third, I think it is. Twenty third November, yeah. Yeah. and that'll be the show coming up uh, right prior to Thanksgiving. So we'll probably get a little Thanksgiving in there, but we'll be. Talking about JFK. Right. Yeah, we're going to have a lot of cool information on that because uh, they just uh, they released a lot of, not all of the documents, a lot of people think that it's all of them, but Trump at the last un- minute. unredacted a lot of stuff. Yeah, uh, Trump did at the last minute uh, not release, uh, gave them, you know, the ability not to release certain documents. And we'll go into that because I think it's because yeah. George Bush Sr. is still alive, but we'll go into that later. Yeah, and another show. And so, then uh, the show after that is going to be about Black Friday stories from you and me. Yes. Yes. And that'll, that'll, uh... Well, then the show after that, which will be, uh, I think the first show in December. Yeah. Will be the Sasquatch show. We're going to revisit the Sasquatch and, and other... Yeah. Well, uh, I have a lot. Bi- yeah. Bipedal yeah, cryptids. The, uh, the, the Dogman. Uh, you hear stories of Dogman, but I do have a lot of information on Sasquatch. I actually spent two days uh, off and on uh, uh, getting myself updated on Sasquatch stuff, so it uh, should be a good show. And then it'll be, like I said, November and December's gonna be kind of full too, so we'll have a lot of going on. And uh, that's all thanks to Diversity Broadcasting Network, Network and Renee and her, you know, letting us do our thing and giving us the opportunity, the, the opportunity, the constitutional First Amendment right <laughs> to do our thing. And uh, that's www.diversitybroadcastingnetwork.com. Yes. And uh, there's other things on there besides us. Yeah. Uh, uh, Purple Tie, Renee's got some shows. There's some other people that talk on there. And yeah, uh, we got the Jeremy Hall Music Show. We got Farcast, The Index File, The West Simmons Show, Out of My Head Show, uh, Cafe Enigma Show, Magic Day Radio Show, Family Spirit International Show, uh, Duzzy's Corner, The Express, Weird News, The Mallard Report, 
Uh, the Purple Tie, uh, The West Simon Show, which I talked about already. Let's Talk Ghost is still on there. Uh, uh, Paranormal Par- Live. Parties in My Pants. Everyday show. Life. I yeah. mean, there's a lot of different shows. There's a lot of different shows and a lot of diversity. Yeah, that's why the diversity broadcast network. Broadcasting a lot of diversity at that network. It's uh, <laughs> probably a good name she picked up for it. Uh, but no, thank you for that. Thank you for that. And uh, we're Let's Talk It All. And that's Let's Talk It All.com. That's right. And uh, you can find semi-current updates. We, <laughs> but I thought October was up, but apparently there was a glitch between me uploading and and uh, in motion, making sure I got there. So yeah. we'll get it fixed. So I think up through at least September's there. We'll get okay, October up, and we'll get November going. Um, and we'll get pictures. We got some pictures going on. I posted on our Facebook feed. I posted some stuff that was relevant, mm-hmm. I thought. There's some interesting stuff. Always, always fun stuff on Facebook. You, you know what's relevant with. right now? A lot is relevant. Well, right well you know, we just had brought up uh, the past show and the show before that and different shows along the way. This, you know, Russia propaganda shit uh, that the, oh, uh, yeah. the Democrats are feeding everybody. And uh, Diane Feinstein, uh, which oh. is the ranking Democrat because... in California... Who sat on this committee for a year investigating Trump said it yesterday, and I quote: "We have seen zero evidence of Trump and Trump's campaign colluding with the Russians. Again, zero evidence. Okay, and she was one of the ones in the beginning calling for the independent investigation, which she was part of for a year. Zero evidence. Good waste of taxpayer money. Which I predicted there would be nothing, and there is nothing. Okay." Because this is Diane Feinstein, so we wouldn't normally quote her any other time on this show. But it's just nice to hear them that they're wrong. Well, yeah, if if they're saying they're wrong. (laughs) But I think it's like a double negative, so maybe they're right. And, of course, then we get to see, which I also predicted well back in uh, Let's Talk Ghost, uh, when I was part of that show, that the Democrats were purposely screwing Bernie Sanders and the Hillary campaign was controlling the Democratic Party, and we know for a fact today that is true. That is now factual information. Yes, the Democrats were completely controlled. The Democratic Party during the primary rigged the election for Hillary Clinton so she would win over Bernie Sanders for the primary. That's exactly what happened. Just so you know, everybody, that is a fact. So the question is, would Bernie have beaten Trump? I think, you know, here's the thing. I think he would have. I think he would have been... A lot closer. I, I, I think he would have won. And I'm going to tell you why. Because people were dying for change. And um, unfortunately, <laughs> the younger folk, um, a lot of them sat out, I think, the election uh, when they didn't get who they wanted, meaning Bernie Sanders. And I think that percentage would have been enough in a lot of states. Um, Bernie had a wide appeal to a lot of voters. Now, he may run, you know, in, uh, what was it, 2020? That's the next election, right? 2020, right? Yeah, 2020. Um, so all this nonsense started again in 2019, end of yeah. 2018. Yeah. So we're only about a year and a half away from this nonsense. I think Joe Biden's going to run. Yeah, yeah, I think he's going to run. I even, There's a possibility, it's small, of Al Gore, which, believe it or not, I like Al Gore. That's one Democrat I can vote for. So I know it sounds nuts. So we'll go into another show on that. But yeah, Al Gore is my man. Always has been. Al Gore. Smart just just because he invented the internet, there's <laughs> <laughs> no reason. <laughs> so my question would be, if if you actually would then have the Democratic Party admit their fraud, would it invalidate the election? 
No. No, I, I don't want to invalidate the election. But do we know? <laughs> what is it? Yeah. Um, I don't think this I, is, think I don't think this has ever happened in the two hundred and seventy some odd years we've been doing these things. Well, I mean, in all fairness, I have to be fair, the Republicans have done similar things of their own. They pick who they really the old guys well, get around. It didn't I, work I, against I, Trump. They didn't want Trump. So it, Trump was able to guide and broke the mold. But the election before that, the two thousand twelve election, um, you know, a lot of people, they don't remember who came in second in more primaries than any other candidate. And one primary was stole from, from which, uh, which one of the very first ones, the New Hampshire one, uh, was Ron Paul. Ron Paul came more, in second in more primaries than any other candidate uh, during the 2012 uh, campaign. And he actually won New Hampshire. Uh, and it was stolen from him. Um, and uh, the Republicans purposely... Uh, rigged it for a way that they would get Mitt Romney. Uh, so both parties do it. They most certainly do do it. Um, and it's a sickness in our in our system, in our, in our, our constitutional system. It's a sickness. So here's here's how this segues in. So obviously we we the the the, the potential the problem is the political parties. Oh, I think so. Part big part of it. So. And I don't know if it was just on New York's ballot today or if it was on all the ballots as a prop across the country. No, it's just New York. Uh, idiots. So, on the New York ballot today, we just voted today. It was, we're, we're taping this on a Tuesday. Prop one was, do you feel we need to have a constitutional convention? And I'm assuming they meant national constitutional. I don't know if no, they, they meant state. The state oh, did they? Yeah. New York state constitution. I'm not going for that one either. But anyways... <laughs> First of all, I, I wouldn't want them doing either because these people are just idiots. They're just idiots. I, I'm sorry. They're they're crooked. They're crooked bastards. And the thought of them going in and which I don't even know why they bother because they just do it anyways. They do what they want. Yeah. They do what they want. Um, the Safe Act. We've talked about the Safe Act before. It was probably one of our earlier shows. This was just a this was proposed and written at 10.30 at night, and they voted on it at 12.01. Yep. And hardly anyone had a chance to and read no it. And no one had a chance to read it. Yep. And it was one of these, well, we got to put it in, then we can read it, and blah, 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 blah. This was a horrible thing. Horrible thing they did, and, and this is going to segue into other things we're talking about tonight. But, yes, it, 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 I don't know what it made safer for, but they restricted... <laughs> Magazines, not not reading magazines, but gun magazines, certain types of guns, uh, grandfathered in, but only if you claimed you had them. Um, blah 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 blah. This was all done as as a gun grab at local level, at state level, which I don't. And we'll talk about this too. I don't know how that's constitutional at a state level to blatantly disregard the Second Amendment. Well, I, I think part of the problem at, at that time is it did come, come before the Supreme Court, at least uh, aspects of it. And if I remember correctly, um, at that time, the Supreme Court was, you know, kind of run by Democrats. Uh, it has changed now. It's in Republican favor. Uh, it may come up and again, and it may be shot down. Uh, the Supreme Court did uh, shoot down, uh, was it, 
Rhode Island. Rhode Island, one of the either Connecticut or Rhode Island had a uh, a law against taser guns. You couldn't own a taser gun, and that actually came across the, uh, the Supreme Court. And they struck that down as they felt that was a against you know a right to bear arms. <coughs> and so New York State also has the same ban, and they automatically put it in limbo because once they found out the Supreme Court ruled that is you know unconstitutional. Yeah. New York State has to rewrite their law, which they're trying to do right now. Um, so right now, right now in New York, it's legal to have a taser gun <laughs> for the time being. I mean, because oh, it's a gray area. And yeah, there's lots of gray areas. A lot of gray areas. A lot of gray areas in New York State laws and all. It's all you know, it, here's a safe fact. What's even even worse about it is, if you read it and it, the way you can interpret it, and this is what sucks about interpretation. If you're a hunter, um, you go hunting. Well, obviously, you don't you don't want to keep bullets in your gun. But if you read the safe act, it implies that you can have a gun and bullets in the same vehicle. So how the hell are you supposed to go hunting? I mean, if you read it, that's exactly what it says. Technically, you're supposed to have one vehicle that has the guns in it and another vehicle that has the actual ammunition. That's freaking crazy. There it is. It is. <laughs> and it's because they have no guns. Protections. They, yeah. they have protections. They have protections. <laughs> They have security forces and security details and bodyguards. And none of them hunt. And, and none of them know how to hunt. You know what? And they might go on a, a, a shoot, you know, the, for photographers so they get some publicity over country folk bullshit. They're New York, you know, New York uh, City, you know, yuppies. And I get what you're saying, the hunt. I'm not even going to take that fallback position because that just, that just muddies the water. It isn't about hunting. It's about having the ability to protect yourself. If you want to, if you want to, again, it's not everyone's cup of tea. It's never everyone. And believe me when I say, if you cho- choose to go that route, you better be ready to go that route. And it's not an easy thing. It's not an easy thing. And I, I've never had to shoot another human, but I know if push came to shove, I could do it, and I would not lose. A moment sleep over. Not everyone's like that. Up until a few years ago, my wife wasn't like that, but now she's more inclined to shoot first, ask questions later. Well, I, I had this, me and Heather had this conversation back and forth, and along with Keegan, uh, now he's 13, and I made it very clear to them that if the shit ever hits the fan, um, we can't be nice. We're going to have to kill people. That's just the way it's going to be. And I'm serious. I mean, the shit hits the fan. Everything collapses. People are going to come for what you have. And you have, have to, not to try and talk them down. You're going to have to, you know, not even ask questions. You're going to have to shoot people on your fucking front porch. And that's how it's going to be. They're going to die. They're going to die on your property and you're going to shoot them because there's going to be no police force. There's going to be nobody there to help you. You're going to have to make that split decision right then and there. And I've made that perfectly clear to both of them that I expect them to have my back when I'm shooting people. <laughs> nice. Nice. So none of my shit's being stolen. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's my stuff. It's my stuff. And my if I, stuff. I, I need food it's and you're my, my food. Stuff. Well, here in Cannibal Jeffy, here we go. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Jeff. Look at the size of that Jeff. one! Jeff <laughs> Darmlowski. <laughs> um so yeah, I again I'm not gonna it's not about hunting, it's not about it's not. It I, I'm I'm all about hunting. I'm all about hunting, I got a problem. But 
this just comes down to it's about your constitutional right to keep and bear arms. And it's current. It's it's meant to be current to today. Just like the First Amendment's meant to be current to today, just like all the other amendments are meant to be current to today, not retro retrospective to seventeen seventy six. That's right. You know. Right. Uh, if we obviously are gonna allow things like cell phones and social media and stuff to fall under the First Amendment, uh, guarantee you, George and Tom and Ben did not ever in- envision Facebook. Or even, even you know, something like golf. If golf can be constitutional don't, legal, as boring the shit as it is, don't then golf. golf. But, you know, the reason I'm, bring, I tell you golf, I'm bringing on golf you is I got right. you. I got you something. Did you? I got you something. I got you the Party League golf set. <laughs> For your enjoyment. Oh, my God. Yes. I so, love it. Uh, you and Alani can do shots and play golf. Play golf. Yeah. I love it. Thank you very much. Yes, that's my gift to you. This is perfect. <laughs> I love it. And I did not get that in the antique store. I bought that brand new. That is not used. That is brand new. Nice. Yeah. So, mini golf. Yep, mini golf. Uh, there's room for six shots. Yep. Shot glasses. Two putters. It's like two golden balls. This must have been out of Trump's collection. <laughs> In 19th hole on it. Nice. Yeah. So we'll try to have to make room somewhere at the house for that. Thank you very much. That's funny. That's funny. Jeff and I had a discussion off the air last week about golf, and he he says it's boring. I'm trying to tell me he hasn't played it right then because I'm not one. I'm not one much for physical activity, and obviously I take a cart whenever possible. But I do enjoy getting out and tipping back a couple and whacking that golf ball around and. Just to see what the hell you can do with it, but anyways, unless we digress. Yeah, yeah. You know so, why? You know why a uh, billiards table is green? If you had your balls racked all day, you'd be green too. Yeah, anyway, hey, boom, hey, there's one of the side pockets. <laughs> oh my god. Um, yeah. So Veterans Day is coming up, and we want to thank our vets. Um, what do you think about the vets? I mean, like. For everything they do, everything. Oh my God, Jesus! Look, um, and everything they have to endure, and every, all, the, all the crap they have to take. All the World War One veterans have, uh, have all passed away. Um, there are a few World War Two veterans still alive. There's one on my street actually. He was actually in Normandy. Um, he is 90, 95 years old. Yeah, he, and actually his daughter works at me. Um, she's you know sixty something, sixty one, sixty two, but uh, he's up in her office every so often. Uh, very one of the nicest men I ever met. Uh, he was an engineer in the army, um, but uh, yeah, he was there. He saw it all. You know, he really did. You know, the D-Day invasion. He was there for all that. Um, and uh, you know, you, uh, you if you ever watch like the History Channel, you watch some of the stories from the, the, the veterans. Uh, you know, taken from ten years ago, the guys who were there at a D-Day invasion and what it was like, and or you know, storming Sicily, and you know, it's just uh, I mean, this uh, the accounts is just unbelievable. Um, what these these men and uh, the support the women that supported that supported them you know uh, just went through it's, it's just it's crazy it's nuts uh, and then of course Korea you know uh, you know I don't know if you know any of the history of Korea I actually know quite a bit of it um, a little bit all right well you know the Korea as a nation wasn't really ever a nation somebody always dominated them so there never really was a unified Korea. Usually China or Manchuria or you know, somebody like that, control of them, or even Russia or the Soviet Union. But uh, this is what happened. So when the Communist Party came into power and started gaining power in Korea, 
Uh, they looked at the Chinese and like, hey, you know, we want to take over the southern part of Korea too. And the Chinese like, oh, that's such a hot idea. You know, the war is just over. We're putting our shit back together. But then the Chinese are like, well, this is a good way for us to spread communism because the communists were controlled China at the time after we bailed their asses out. They got the Japanese out of China. So the leader of China at the time went to uh, Stalin and said, look, this is what we want to do, blah, blah, blah. At first, Stalin said no. Um, Stalin had time to think about it a few months later. Uh, he gave the green light on these conditions. One, he would su uh, supply arms through China to the North Koreans, um, but he would not get engaged in a war with America because he didn't want it to turn atomic. Uh, that was his big fear. That yeah, was big that, those days, war. yeah. But he saw a way of, you know, to contribute sure. to the communist world. So with the green light from that, the Chinese went back to you know, North Korea and said, all right, go ahead, we're going to funnel you arms and aircraft, MiGs and everything else. And that's exactly what they did. Um, now, the North Koreans at first were, you know, almost took over the country. I mean, they were mm -hmm. like this close. Um, we pushed back. Uh, and, you know, our superior logistics and you know, our training um, and, you know, the combined forces. I can't remember how many countries it was. I, I want to say it was at least 30 to 40 countries. I could be a lot more higher than that for all I know, the supplied arms. <clears throat> but we pushed them back, um, and uh, <coughs> it got so bad at one point um, that the Chinese were begging uh, Stalin to get involved. Stalin got a little involved. Um, there was clandestine operations where big fighters would engage American fighters, the mm -hmm. jet fighters, um, in little skirmishes like that. They did get involved like that at some point. <laughs> but the Chinese got massively involved at one point where we were fighting the Chinese. Yeah. When they pushed us back the second time, we were fighting the Chinese. That's exactly what happened. <clears throat> and the Chinese, all the weapons they got were from the Soviet Union, AK-47s, all that came from the Soviet Union at the time. Um, now, uh, Douglas MacArthur was the Allied Supreme Commander uh, for most of the Korean campaign. Um, he had went uh, to, at that time, Truman, and asked Truman to use the atomic bomb on China. Because uh, the Chinese, you know, were going mm -hmm. apeshit on us, pushing us back. Uh, Truman said no. Um, and MacArthur made it very public what he wanted to do. Uh, he actually disobeyed orders from Truman at some point. I don't know what those orders were, but it was enough where he was called back to America to face Congress. Uh, he was relieved of his command. Um, but I often wonder maybe if MacArthur had the right idea, maybe, you know. Uh, but regardless, so MacArthur unfortunately was removed from power, uh, the Allied Supreme Commander, and he was replaced. And we settled for an armistice. Yeah. Uh, no. <clears throat> we're still doing Korea's well, you know, and in Patton, at the end of World War II, he was put in, in charge of European forces, <clears throat> facing off against the Soviet Union. And Patton uh, made it very clear, uh, this is what got him removed by power, by the way, and re recalled to America. Uh, unfortunately, he died before he got back to America. <coughs> he was actually in a very bad accident. Uh, but uh, Patton had told, uh, I think it was... Uh, Oh, jeez, I can't remember the general's name, but he was basically right underneath Eisenhower. And uh, he told him that, uh, you know, we might also fight the Russians now. I'll start the damn thing if you want me to, but we're going to have to come back and do it anyway at some point. Why not do it now while I have the army here to do it with? Yeah. You know, they're in no shape to withstand us. And actually, at that time, Pat was correct. We would have beaten the Soviet Union. There's no doubt about it. 
Um, and again, we could have saved. Just... We could have saved seventy years of turmoil and massive amounts of money being burned. We would have been the only superpower. But again, another story. Well, here again, it's, just, <laughs> it's not. It's not in the American. Name. I mean, it was we. We we got into the Second World War begrudgingly. I mean, when we get when we got in, we got in. Let me tell you, we were well, we were in yes and one hundred and ten percent. Well, yes and no. The, what happened was when Japan bombed America. That's when we got involved. We right. declared war on Japan, but we didn't declare war on Hitler. People don't realize that we didn't do that. Hitler got pissed at us because he had a he had a defense pact with Japan. Hitler declared war on America after we declared war on Japan. We never declared war on Germany. Well, that's what I'm saying. We yeah. didn't, you know, when we got into it, we got into it. Right. But we wouldn't, you know, it would have been longer oh, yeah. if Hitler didn't do that. It would have been before we got into the European, you know, the side of things. Oh, um, we would have been, we'd have been putting it on our shores. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. The, you And you can get these books, these revisionist history books that, the what if, the what if books. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I hate to say it, but probably some are. Give you something to think about that, but uh, well, the Len Lease Act, which was huge, kept Britain alive and actually kept the Soviet Union alive too. We supplied through Britain uh, tanks, uh, Matilda tanks, uh, aircraft through us directly uh, to the Soviet Union, um, just to stay keep them alive because they were getting their asses kicked by the Germans. At a, you know, mm-hmm. and there was never been a counter offensive by Russia without the Len or the Soviet Union without the Len Lease Act. It never no. would have happened. And Britain would have failed without the Lenny Act. That, that is a fact. There's no doubt about it. We kept the forces alive that needed to be alive sure. until we were totally engaged in that, sure. uh, that sure. front. Sure. But, uh, yeah, World War II, that was, uh, that was some, some crazy stuff when I had World War II. A lot of things happened in World War II. A lot of turning point for a lot of things. Um, yeah, it was just kind of an off-air conversation jumped my head. But... During World War II, and especially in the in the Pacific, um, we ran into an enemy that was psychotic. Yeah. Japanese, Japanese were well, not just Banzai! not just the ones fighting. <laughs> it was the ones that were entrenched in the islands, and um, there was a need to have a different type of soldier. Well. The, uh, the Japanese, the way they viewed their emperor, he was a god. He was a right. living god. And when he gave the order that, that they took from him that, you know, they were to defeat America, there was no retreat with Japanese. This, is, this, no. is, this was their duty to no, their, right. their they were, god. Yeah, they were, yeah. they were, it was all or nothing. Yeah. And um, the, the generals and whatever at the time knew that they needed something different to fight a Pacific War. Yep. And... Um, <laughs> The answer was the Marine Corps Raiders. Um, this was this was a, a group of individuals that basically are the the forerunner to all special forces that came after. There was no Green Berets, were no SEAL, Delta Force, no nothing. There was there was this these four divisions of Marines. That were the were the first in, last out, and given impossible tasks with with minimal numbers. And um, my dad was one of them. Your dad was a my, uh, my dad leader. was one of them. My dad was uh, 
was a, a bigger badass than I realized. And, and these were, these were, this was the first time this had ever been done. This is the first time these, this kind of training had ever been done with these people. And this training was hardcore and intense. And I would tell you, I didn't learn this from my father. He didn't talk about this at all. I, I knew he was in the Raiders. You know, he had, you know, some patches from his uniforms, the wedding picture from him and my mom. He's in full dress uniform with the patch on his shoulder. But he never talked about this stuff. And I cannot, as I researched and, and understood what they were being asked to do, I can I can get why he probably didn't want to talk about this stuff after it was over and done. Because I think these these men were asked to do horrific horrific things in the name of their country. Oh yeah, I'm sure. And then go back to civilian life and uh, forget about it. It, well, try to forget about it. Well, try to forget about it. I think that was it. Try to forget about it and go back to being like They were trained to kill anyone not them. Yeah. Um, well, they were trained to kill anyone that endangered the unit or the outfit. Um, as I've read more and got interviews, read interviews with other people that... One of the questions they would ask the soldiers prior to being finally accepted into one of the Marine Corps uh, Raider divisions was, could you kill a fellow soldier that was compromised in the unit? And uh, you need to conv answer and convince them that you could do this. And it sounds crazy. It sounds really harsh. But the whole point of this is that, you know, the missions they were doing and stuff like that must succeed. Was must succeed, were very stressful. And if all of a sudden you're on a five man team or whatever it is, or you're a whole battalion and one of your guys starts freaking out and gonna give away your position or whatever, would you have the ability to silence them? And again, I'm not sure if this question was ever asked prior to this. Of the soldiers that were the volunteer, these were volunteer. This is the the raiders were strictly volunteer, and a lot of these guys weren't even in the service until Pearl Harbor, and then they signed up. But that's just I guess. Could you? Could I? I don't even know if they even asked that question today. I doubt they even asked that question today. It's all you know when you're in, you're in one of these teams. It's all about brother, blah, blah, blah. no man behind. But back then they're like. The mission's got to come first. And this, is, this is your brother, but if he's freaking out and endangering the group, you got to take care of it. Well, I, I think it's probably the same today. I uh, I know I've watched some documentaries on you know Navy SEALs, and uh, <clears throat> there was one after a mission didn't go the way it was supposed to. A real mission, not you know no bullshit. It was a uh, mission in Iraq uh, before. I think it was Desert Shield before Desert Storm. Anyway, so it was a documentary, and you you know somebody died. You know, when they didn't come back, and uh, when somebody dies in a mission like that, it means somebody else in the team fucked up. That's basically what it means. Yeah. And there's a lot of blame that goes around. Um, it's, uh, it's fascinating to watch in a way, um, but uh, how, you know, they plan out every possible scenario when they do these missions of what could go wrong and how do we react if it goes wrong this way. And if it went wrong a particular way that they figured it may. And somebody to do their job, and somebody died because of it, you know. Mm -hmm. So, all right, we're halfway through. <laughs> it is. So I say we have a drink. If to no one else, my dad and the Marine Corps Raiders. <laughs> all right. Yes. All right.
And what are we what are we doing? We are going to be sampling hot cinnamon apple pie moonshine from Fly Creek Distilling. Which you've been there before. I've been there before and uh, was part of that Route 28 trip. Uh, it was the second day that Alani and I went. You and I didn't make it quite as far as the e Fly Creek Distillery. <laughs> For, for several reasons, we didn't even come close. No. Um, but, but uh, yeah, so this place is kind of fun. This is a, it's a, it's a app, it's a cider mill slash food place slash wineries slash liquor making joint. Um, and if you spend more than $200, you get a free cookbook, folks. Just, you know, because I did. I spent more than $200. And if you spend more than 50 you get a free bag to carry your crap in. Yes, I got two bags. You got I two, got two I bags. I hope you got at least two bags. <laughs> um, but this place is kind of neat. It's uh, out there on Route 28. And uh, they're open year-round. But, um, yeah, this has got some, got some good stuff. You I, oh, I bought barbecue sauce. Hot sauce, barbecue garlic sauce. 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 I bought all kinds of crap. Uh, snacks donuts. and donuts. Fudge. And I bought fudge. the damn you and your damn fudge. It was his fault about the fudge. You texted me when I was there. Oh, fudge. Well, I saw it in the picture, so you already had it in your cart. But it was <laughs> Did really I? good. Did I? Oh, okay. All right. They did really good. I thought I asked you text. Alani, is a fudge snob, <coughs> and we actually bought fudge here. Alani's funny because she doesn't always remember that she's talking in an out outside voice. She's not using her in inner voice. So, like, she'll try fudge, and she won't like it. Oh, no. And she'll just, she goes, oh, that's just awful. <laughs> you know, it just like that, and just about that level. And I'm like, oh, honey. It's... And usually it's the people that make it right, right, there. right there. Yeah. And not so much at the Fly Creek place, right. but I'm just, oh, yeah, we, you know. <laughs> us and the quilting ladies get together and do this on Sunday, blah, blah, blah. And line up training, oh, this, is, this is awful. <laughs> really, honey? Just... Really? So, I, I, I actually talked to her when we went to this place to try the fudge. I said, honey, if you don't like it, just walk away from it. Don't make a comment. Please, for God's sake, don't make a comment about how you don't like the fudge. So, she liked it, but she understood what I was saying, too. So, let's try the Apple Pie yes. Moonshine Hot Cinnamon. Here's to our fallen soldiers. Fallen soldiers. That was smoother than I thought it was going to be. That wasn't bad. It was supposed to shake you. <laughs> but that was smooth. That's that wasn't I, bad. I like that. That's kind of like, I, I don't like it really, you know, strong. Mm -hmm. That was doable for me. Good. <clears throat> kind of like a couple of my ex-girlfriends. Oh! oh boom! Bang, bang. <laughs> so, yeah, World War II brought about the birth of the Special Forces. And I don't think anyone wanted it because the Marine... The Raiders were disbanded right after. No, but they morphed. They later morphed into... It would be later they would, they would, they would find a need for them again. Um, the Delta Force, you got the Green Berets. It wasn't, it wasn't until Vietnam. And I don't think there was much... When my dad went back into Korea, he went in through the Army instead of the Marine Corps at that time. Um, so I'm not sure what their presence was during Korea. But it isn't until you get into Vietnam that you start to see... Uh, special Operation Group SOG, um, Green Berets, things like that, John Wayne, that kind of brought... You know, here's a fascinating story to bring up Green Beret. I actually George had... George Takai, you know. Yeah, <laughs> George I actually had a uh, English teacher 
in uh, the school district I went to when I was a kid. And he was a former Green Beret, and he served in Vietnam. And he was effed up in the head, folks. Uh, in- incredibly intelligent. A thinner guy. Um, maybe 160, 165, like six foot one, maybe. Um, but I'll tell you what. Uh, I remember being in class, and we were probably in 11th grade, and one of the kids got real mouthy, one of the bigger kids. And he went to shove the teacher, and I tell you what. With the blink of an eye, that kid was on the floor. I mean, it was so fast. I mean, it was this reactive training, by the, you know, that he had as a green beret. It was like that, bam, the yeah. kid was down, unbelievably fast. And I was like, damn, it's like an American ninja, you know. And yeah. he was old at this point. This guy was like in his, you know, early sixties, late fifties at this point, you know. So, uh, yeah, you don't want to mess with those people. That's what it was. No, about. that's you know, that's what it was. The Raiders. It was, you know, they completed basic. But then after that, their training was all, how do you kill someone? Yeah. Like, here's here's a hundred different ways you can learn how to kill someone. Yeah. You need to know them and do them. You know, things like that. So, um, my dad was in, he's, his last, he was in Guadalcanal for the last part of the war that he was in with the, with the Raiders. And I guess, you know, he does that. It was just... I mean, it was just just crazy, crazy things, you know, no food, no water, when you had it, it was very little, uh, days on end, and just killing, 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 killing the enemy, you know, and like I said, you never really talked about it, but he did it and came back, and, you know, you gotta ask, you gotta ask what happened between then and Vietnam that pushed those soldiers over the edge. You didn't hear it. I mean, I'm sure it was there. I'm sure PTSD and all this other stuff has been there all along. So it's, it's always had different names oh, well, and things like that. Even during World War One, you had shell shock. Shell shock. You know, it's I always mean, had different names. Because of the French Wars. But, but it just seemed to be more <laughs> and more and more prevalent once well, we got into that. I, well, I think in Vietnam, obviously there's a lot of different factors. Um, um, but, you know, look, a part of it was we didn't fight the war the way it should have been fought to begin with. I mean, you can't run a war from the White House. You can't no. do it from the Oval Office. And that's exactly what happened. You can't do it LBJ from... was an idiot. He Florida killed Congress. Kennedy, which we'll get into another show. Um, you know, he did. No shit. No, he did. Um, he was an evil bastard. Part of the clan too. A lot of people don't know that. Um, fact. Uh, oh no, he was. He was in the clan. I believe you. Yeah. Uh, um, but uh, you know, we do the whole show on Vietnam at some point. Oh, it's, yeah. it's really a mess. I mean, when you really get the details of it, like I did, you know, and you know, because I did Korea first, but Vietnam was just a complete cluster F from the beginning to the end. In fact, you know, actually, one of my old bosses uh, was a lieutenant in Vietnam uh, in a tank brigade. Okay, you know, tanks, mm-hmm. you know, light tanks. And uh, he had uh, armor, uh, a plate in his head, because he took a shell through the helmet, went into his brain. They took it out, they put a metal plate in his head, and a metal plate in his thigh, he had three purple hearts, and one in his ass, of all places. Uh, not a metal plate, but he, you know, he no, got shot in the shot ass, in. got shot, uh, shot in the thigh, and he got uh, shot in the head, in the, in the brain. And uh, his name was Gary, I'm not going to say his last name, but I have a lot of respect for Gary. But I'll tell you what, 
uh, <laughs> this is at Sam's Club, by the way, when I was a kid, right? So he was the bakery manager, and he was in charge of the bakery and in charge of the pizza, like the little pizza place that used to be out in the middle of the floor. Right. And we used to call the, the path from the bakery to the pizza place the Ho Chi Minh Trail. <laughs> no shit, because you had to deal with Gary. And nobody, if Gary was in a bad mood, everybody was going to have a bad fucking day. That's just the way it was going to be. You know, and you do one day, Gary is happy as a clam, and the next day, you don't know what you're going to get. You know, and uh, you know, you might be cursed out. You damn kids, you don't know what it's like, and you, then you get, you know, one of the scary war stories. Oh, yeah. He wasn't bullshit. I mean, he, he told you some no, shit. I'm sure he, he did. Goes, you know what it's like, Chef? You know, you're bitching about cleaning the floor. You know what it's like to watch? One of your buddies, one of these kids coming, he's 18 years old, and you're charging him, and you watch his fucking head get blown off his fucking shoulders, Jeff? You know what that's fucking like? I saw every fucking day, Jeff! <laughs> so don't bitch about the fucking floor, Jeff! You know, I mean, that's yeah. kind of shit you deal with, you know? Uh, God bless him. Uh, but he was right, you know, it kind of put things in perspective real quick for me. You know, uh, don't bitch about going in the freezer, put the load away. <laughs> you know, I could, you know, I could have been in a, a rice paddy, had my arms, my arms blown off, you know, so... Uh, well, I think the Vietnam War was more publicized too, and I think, you know, I it was more publicized, and I think a lot of the the horrors were more publicized. Um, well, when you had freaking brigades or not brigades, but platoons going around with fingers around their necks, well, you know, I mean, that really happened. Uh, I mean, yeah. that really did happen. It's no bullshit. They were cutting off people's fingers after they killed them and bring them, you know, put them on a necklace. I mean, people were freaking out over there. And, you know, you're drafted into a situation you want to be in. You're thousands of miles from home, and you're killing people when you first meet them. And you got kids running up in your camp and setting off bombs, you know, and, yeah, and women they're... and old women and, you know, and baby carriages. <laughs> there's a baby to carry for this bomb there, too. I mean, like, just stuff we can't imagine. I mean, we're starting to imagine now with what's going on in the world with Islam, mm -hmm. and, you know, not Islam, sorry, with ISIS. Uh, and I did not, that was a, you know... You know what I mean? Radical I didn't Islam. Mean, I didn't, I'm not blaming Islam. I'm saying, you know, radical Islam. Yes, thank you. Uh, but we're seeing it now, you know, like, you know, the, the guy with the bus or whatever the hell is the truck, you know, running all those people and then he's praise to Allah. Well, you know, and, and here we go. Here we go again. This is, this brings us to the other thing we want to talk about today. And again, we're about thanking the veterans, but we've, we've got some homegrown stuff that's gone, gone crazy Haywire. too. Yeah. Uh, this weekend, this past weekend, Texas, Texas yeah. church, 20, 26 dead, he was 20, an atheist. 20 plus wounded. Yeah. Um, he said Jesus needed more, they needed more up in heaven than he needed them here. That's what he said. You well, know, this, is what, this is what he said. These, are, these are unstable people. And this is, this <laughs> is where, you know, and I was up in. A small borough of New York while Lonnie was doing her second medium thing. And uh, I had nothing to do all day but kind of hang out and work on websites and peruse Facebook. And this is all that lit up Facebook Sunday. This is all that lit up Facebook Sunday was this shooting in Texas. And we've even lost the decency and respect to hold off a day. Before this becomes a political, a political hot potato yeah. nightmare, pointing fingers, calling out people, people that are trying to put out words of comfort are being called, you know, idiots and stupid and don't give a fork about what, what's going on. If they did, they would have done something before now. 
it's just horrible. I just, I, I, I'm not belittling the people that died, but the, the aftermath and everything that's gone on publicly since is just as hideous to me as anything that happened in that church Sunday. Um, you got the left pointing at the right and the fact that the church was a Baptist conservative Republican church <laughs> actually saying the people deserved it. Yeah. That, you know, the upside is there'll be 25 less votes the next Republican election. Really? You, 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 you put that out in a tweet or in a Facebook page published just hours after it happens, you people are the ones that need to have your head examined. Um, you know, speculation about the guy that did it. He was, he was a Muslim. He wasn't Muslim. He was Christian. He, he was white. He was blah, blah, this, blah, that. He was Christian, but then he became a Muslim con convert. And, you know, I think the only thing they got right was his name and the fact that he was in the Air Force at one point and let go. It's come out now that he was in the Air Force. He was dishonored, discharged. There were some domestic issues. Uh, some clerk somewhere in some office in the bureaucracy that's known as our government forgot to file a paper to some agency that they think would have flagged him when he went to buy a gun legally. You know what? Maybe they did, but I got news for you people and right wing, left wing, Republican, Democrat, whoever. If there is hatred and evil in people's hearts, they will find a way to let it out. Yep. Yep. If it's a gun, it's a gun. If it's a car, it's a car. If, if it's a lack If tomorrow, somehow tomorrow, every firearm in everyone's possession disappeared. And we were all on a level playing field, they would find some other way to kill people. Did you know... No, you're right. Car. They're, yeah. they're going to run you yeah. down. They're going to get a machete and cut you up. They're going to close the door and block it and set the place on fire. They're going to... Honestly, if my goal was to kill as many people as possible in church, I would poison something like the communion wine. Maybe. Not, not, not putting this out for recommendation. <laughs> I'm just saying there are lots of ways... People gravitate to what's they're familiar with. Don't drink juice. <laughs> <laughs> gravitate to what they're familiar with and what they may have in their possession. Um, he was ex-military, so he's familiar with the AR-15 style rifle. Uh, and obviously he had possession of one. Now, you know... As the media made this, like you said, everyone started jumping and it became an issue of ooh, pointing fingers. And, you know, I, I just want to take this moment to point out that for six years, in the over a six year period, 18,000 people, 18,000, I'm going to say the number one more time so people understand what I'm saying. 18,000 people were shot in Chicago, one city alone. 18,000 in a six year period when Barack Obama was president, by the way. 18,000, okay, and in that city of Chicago, you cannot own a firearm. But 18,000 people were shot, and over 3,000 died, okay? 
And the media doesn't touch that kind of stuff. Why? Because it's the truth. Now it's the truth. <coughs> it's but a, it's, it's, truth. Part, it's and, part of the left-wing media. I'm and, sorry. And, it is a democratic yep. city. It is a democratic-controlled yep. city. And they have the highest death rate in the entire freaking world when it comes to guns. It's nuts. Who's and no truth? one says shit. And it muddies the water. It muddies the water about why they want guns taken away. And, it, and it's not a... I, I tell you, it's not about public... It's not about public safety. If it's about public safety, all you would have to do is publish, like Jeff said, the number of people that died in these major metropolitan areas every week. Yeah. Every week. Every week there's a shooting. <coughs> not just one. Multiple, multiple shootings in Chicago then, every single weekend, let alone week. I can't remember. <laughs> it was right after the, the, the Vegas thing. Someone posted something. Uh, and you know, and again, it's Facebook. I didn't, I didn't fact check it. I didn't go back through and, you know, check the numbers to be specific. But it, it was to make a point. And it said 157 people shot. Blah 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 blah. Oh no, it's not. I'm sorry. I'm not talking about Vegas. I'm talking about Chicago. I'm talking about Detroit. I'm talking about Washington D.C. It's happening, and we we choose to ignore that because it's it's a problem. That there's no interest in fixing. There's well, no interest in fixing. I don't have to fix it. And Trump brought it up, and he was flying blasted. Like five months ago, he brought it up. So but I think this is what you do. This is Nas- what you do. Nationalize the guard. Yep. Chicago. This is what you do. You put that entire city under martial law. You send in not you know national guard as many freaking divisions as you need. Okay. <laughs> you pull from every state as you need. Okay, you surround that city. You go and you go house to house, and you search every house. You find every damn weapon. And if you're found with a weapon, it's a gun and it's not registered. Guess what? You go to a camp. They set up a camp for you. This is what you do. And then we we have uh, you know uh, judges and juries where we need to do and you know a process. But we take care of the issue once and for all under martial law. And that's what you need to do in Chicago at this point because it's out of control. You know the system has failed. The gun laws have completely failed. They don't work. Criminals don't give a crap about a gun law. They don't. They don't. Which, which, is the the ironic of the whole thing is that it's it's not the people that legally have handguns that are usually the problem. It's ones that illegally have them. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And again, until. Until you can eradicate the hatred and evil in in people's hearts and mind, you're not going to fix the problem. Now There's always going to be a way to kill something. Here's an interesting fact. These are factual numbers, by the way. Okay, in Australia, when they banned weapons, guns, for personal use, they took away people's firearms in Australia. This really happened. Okay, within one year. Home invasions went over 70% increased within one year. The criminals know that if you don't have a gun, they're going to invade your house. Rape went up 38% in one year. 38% on a national level. That's nuts. It is. Um, Home invasions. Um, There was one last week in Horsehead. Yes, there was. Um, Right here in New York City. Well... Not in your state, right here locally. Horseheads is, it's not urban, it's suburban. 
and it's it's crazy. It was and again, and see the whole article basically. And this is this is what I find crazy is that we're we're undereducated. Someone's knocking at my door at three in the morning or two in the morning. <laughs> they're gonna have one chance to identify themselves, and then they're gonna be dodging bullets. Um, supposedly someone knocked. Guy opens. As soon as the guy opens the door, they shot. As soon as he opened the door, they shot him. As soon as they opened the door, they shot him. I, I just... And not that my possessions are worth that much, but my, my wife, my life, my wife's life is... And so, yeah, if you come a-knocking at... Anytime they've already gone to bed and I come down those steps and ask you to identify yourself and you fail to do it or you think you don't need to and try to bust in, it, you're probably met with very... Fatal, drastic response. And again, I will lose no sleep whatsoever other than the time it takes for the police to take report and whatever else has to happen. Oh, yeah, I'm in the same boat as you. I, I, I sleep at my loaded uh, shotgun every night. And God forbid anyone breaks in my house, I'm going to give them one chance to get out of my house before I feel threatened. And once I feel threatened under New York State constitutional law, I have a right to defend my family. Um, and that's what I exactly am planning to do. I won't shoot anyone in the back, but if they're coming for it, they're going to be shot, and that's just the way it is. See, and I take a little different thought, because until the threat's eliminated, I see it as a threat. Well, could be looking at that. So if they're trying to leave, and it's not on a corner stretcher, <laughs> they can always be bad to cause problems later. <laughs> and I don't think it's fair to give them the upper hand next time. Um, they know what they're doing is wrong. See, this is they had they had their own intent when they came in, and just because they decided now it's a bad idea, and I'm going to run, doesn't preclude for me putting one in the back of them. This is I guess this makes me a bleeding heart liberal. <laughs> Jeff, I, you bleeding heart liberals, Jeff. <clears throat> anyway, veterans. <laughs> they're a threat. No, not veterans. No, not, no, not veterans. veterans. I'm just telling you, they run away. Though, how's the saying go? Run away, Something live, run fight away, live to fight another day. day. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, run away, live to come back and rob <laughs> me again. Fork that. You're taking at least one in the back of the noggin. Okay, I'm going to be popping your coconut, and you're going down. And... You're going to have to argue that you wouldn't have. And the only upside is that I'm going there to make an argument because you won't be able to. Well, I mean, in a situation where I'm woken up in dead at night, I hear the door being bashed in, the dogs are barking, I come around the corner, I'm jumping on the bed, I have my shotgun in my hand, I open up my bedroom door, and there's a, a guy coming up the you know, stairs with a mask on. He's being shot. There's no, like, get out. You know, the, the trigger's being pulled at that point. There's no, no playing around. If someone dies, well, yeah, it's well, not going to be me. It's yeah. not going to be my family member. It's no, I, I get it. Like yeah, If yeah. I'm home one night <laughs> and Elijah's in the kitchen, I hear her screaming, and I come running in, and there's this alien <laughs> at the door waving his hands around, I'm probably shooting the thing. I understand it's probably not the way to start an interstellar relationship. <laughs> interstellar war. <laughs> but, but that alien, Good job, man. Always start a war. But that alien that was banging on the window of my kitchen, <laughs> scaring the crap out of my wife, it's going down. 
<laughs> going downtown, let me tell you. Um, we're both laughing about this because Jeffrey oh, laid a story yes. a couple weeks ago about yes. one of his Halloween pranks that probably could have gone seriously, seriously wrong, <laughs> all things considered containing this conversation. Yeah, but, very um, true. Very true. And I hope I never find myself in that situation. I really, really do. I'm not looking forward to that situation, but I'm not going to shy away from it either. Yeah, and, I, uh, yeah I would definitely and, uh, mention that as if well. If that makes me whatever, fine. But I think you need to ask yourself, what would you do? You know, Rand Paul just had an incident. Yeah, in the street yeah, with yeah, by his neighbor, mugged her, mugged her. No, he was mowing his lawn, minding his own business. His neighbor came up out of nowhere and you power drive them broke five of his ribs nice. five of his ribs so he attacked a congressman that's a, or a senator that's a big deal that's a federal crime why is that a federal crime no idea but why I is that a federal crime and not a federal crime that attacked me well why is it but if, I guarantee you Rand Paul put in for his character supermatch shortly after it happened well in, in New York State okay we live in a very left wing nut job state oh, we do, Which you we do. do. We're we do. almost as bad as California oh point. well okay you know if I shot a black man who broke in my house they'd probably you know try, try and get me for a hate crime <laughs> that's what New York State would do you shot a black man he was breaking my house doesn't matter it's a hate crime I mean that's how far left wing nut job these people are you know, and I'm not even a Republican, folks. I'm a Libertarian, but you know, I can see it. I see how nutty they're nuts. They're all they're like spend, spend, spend. There's no control over anything. You know, there's no you know kill every baby you can see. There's no control. <laughs> kill, kill, kill. Spend, spend, spend. They, there's no morals, none whatsoever. When it comes to Democrats, in my opinion, zero. You get a lot of hate mail on this show. No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and. The only problem with Jeff's scenario was <laughs> it may have been a black man breaking into your house, but if you can't give him a smile, where are you going to order shoot? <laughs> oh, shit, that's horrible. We're definitely getting hate mail. Hate mail that one. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. sorry, I had to take the cheap, cheap, cheap oh, black man smiling joke. Oh, boy. <laughs> Don't fire to see the whites of their eyes. Anyways. <laughs> So, anyways, um, you want to start saying uh, "Whistle yeah. Dixie" right now? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, the land of cotton. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm not the one the rebel flag hanging on the ceiling of my bar, but whatever. Um, <laughs> or General Lee above you. Or the General Lee, Lee above, or, you know. Stonewall Jackson. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but anyways, I think we started the show thinking our veterans and being about Veterans Day. Um, we do appreciate everything that you have done, that you do do, uh, veterans, past, present, future. Um, and no, we don't take your sacrifice lightly. Um, we talked about a lot of things today. But I think a lot of these things, you've put your life in a line to defend and make possible or not possible. Um, Defend our constitution, defend our country, and uh, no, we, we're we're there with you. We may not be there in the battlefield with you, but we have your backs here at home, and uh, we do appreciate everything that you've done, and do wish you the very best when you come back and try to reintegrate to civilian life. I know you know, I have uh, propagated the idea many times that we should cut off all foreign aid at this point and take that money and pump it right into the veterans. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, 
veterans uh, uh, department uh, to help uh, you know veterans hospitals and veteran care. Um, that's what we should be doing. Not giving out money to these other countries to take care of their people, which we take care of our veterans, the people who sacrificed uh, not just their lives but their family all of life. Uh, their kids growing up with a father, so their daughters growing up with a father, and you know mothers being away, and did, just all the crazy stuff that goes along with it. Uh, well, and I think too, yeah, everything, right down to helping them readjust and reacclimate. There's mm-hmm. job training programs, whatever you know. And I made the comment earlier: what changed with between Second World War and Vietnam? I think the the level of insanity. Women, children, old people being used as weapons. I think we're still seeing it today. Yep. I think the horrors are probably worse than what we've had. And with each generation, we're less and less equipped to deal with it. Yep. And we just create more and more victims that come home. And we need to be funneling resources and helping them adjust. Uh, it is one oh one in a few seconds. So, oh, so it's about that time. About that time again. We're ten o'clock slot. We can go a little <laughs> bit over. Uh, sometimes we do a little preemptive when they don't know. Anyways, uh, Jeff, last words. Yes, the last words are tonight, folks. That uh, when you see a, a person in uniform uh, in a store or a restaurant, um, if you have the opportunity, thank them. I always make sure I do, and I and make sure the kids do it with me uh, to teach them respect and honor. So with that note, just thank a veteran, thank an active uh, military personnel. Absolutely. Thank you. Have a great night.